Gen Z prefers gaming over even TV and movies, music, even internet browsing. Squid Games generated 150 million views in its first month on Netflix. And in comparison, Roblox actually had 500 million visits to Squid Games related experiences on its platform. Welcome to Lion Tree's 2023 Outlook series. I'm Laura Clinton with Kindred Media, and this year we'll be presenting sector-specific overviews from our Lion Tree managing directors, leading up to the January 17th release of Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with public markets lead Leslie Mallon. We are here with Emily Wang, a managing director in our Lion Tree San Francisco office and a key member of our gaming team. There are more than 4 billion gamers worldwide and growing. Are you a gamer and what is your favorite game? I am a gamer. I grew up playing the usual suspects, Super Mario, Smash, The Sims I could play for 18 hours at a time. And currently, have you heard of the game Overcooked? Oh yeah. For those who don't know, it's a co-op restaurant simulation game. In the game, you and your friends are running a restaurant and between the four of you, you have to strategize on how to take orders, cook different food items, deliver food to customers, clean the dishes and all under a time crunch. I love it because you really see people's personalities come out. People can kind of curate what they want to say about their personality, but the truth comes out when you're playing a game like this with them. You see how competitive they are, how they deal with disappointment, if they tend to lead or follow in a group and it's really interesting to me. So 2022 was a big year for gaming consolidation. Given the current macro environment and regulatory overhangs, what do you expect for gaming M&A in 2023? After Take Two, Zynga, Microsoft Activision, which is still under regulatory review, and Sony Bungie earlier this year, M&A in gaming did taper along with the rest of the market, but that's also importantly on the backdrop of a very active 2020 and 2021. The deals that did go through this year transacted at much higher valuations and multiples than where companies are trading today. So we would expect that next year there will be similar demand from companies wanting to increase their exposure in gaming and for skilled players to continue to scale inorganically just at meaningful discounts. In terms of the regulatory overhang, of course everyone will be following the Activision decision. The FTC is essentially looking to block the deal, but Microsoft has committed to making Call of Duty available across competitive platforms, which should assuage much of the anti-competition concern. Entertainment companies like Netflix have been investing heavily in gaming, with Netflix even opening its own in-house game studio. How do you view the relationship between content and gaming? Well, gaming is a very important form of content, so Netflix's strategy and we sold a finished studio called Next Games to them earlier this year. So their strategy has been to double down on games content of course with the aim that gaming can actually drive retention or reduce churn on its platform overall, especially as we see general streaming subscriptions dip from too much competition. So once you're done consuming a certain series on Netflix while you're there on the platform, could you be incented to stay and play the related game content? They aren't the only ones making the play. Netflix, Microsoft, Google, Meta, Apple have made something like 30 gaming acquisitions in the last 5 years, and it makes sense that they're all wanting to dip into the industry. It's a 200 billion dollar industry. Gen Z prefers gaming over even TV and movies, music, even internet browsing. And it also expands and deepens reach of certain IP. So everyone knows about Netflix's Squid Games. 
Squid Games generated 150 million views in its first month on Netflix. In comparison, Roblox actually had 500 million visits to Squid Games related experiences on its platform. So I think gaming will continue to be a very strong vertical category, but more and more the horizontal play makes a lot of sense for these reasons as well. I think consumers are just looking for other ways to engage with the same type of IP after the experience on Netflix or other streaming subscriptions is over. The metaverse has been primarily used as a function of gaming thus far. How do you see the relationship between metaverse technology like AR and VR in the overall gaming industry? Do you think that all video games will one day migrate to the metaverse or will there always be kind of a distinction between traditional classic video games and these new metaverse games that use this technology? In terms of VR, Meta is certainly making the bet. So they have made huge levels of organic investment around VR and scooped up a bunch of VR game developers to drive engagement. The metaverse is also just a hot term these days. But when you break down what a metaverse actually is, it's a digital world where users have a digital identity. And it kind of mirrors the real world in that users have a sense of status. They can buy and own things. And you don't just have one IP in the world. Multiple brands can exist together. So if you listen to that definition, basically games are a very natural foundation for the metaverse. And one could argue even many metaverses in themselves. But even as metaverses become more prominent, I do imagine that video games will still maintain their independent spots. I think things like the technology and the latency needed for games is very unique. So quarter second lag, if you play these shooter games, for example, could be the difference between defeating your opponent and in a game versus not. And the metaverse doesn't have as specific of requirements there. You're also an investor at Griffin Gaming Partners, one of the largest VCs in gaming. What exciting niche or emerging areas of innovation are you learning about? On the topic of the metaverse, I think an area of personal interest for me is fashion. It's been exciting to see the innovation in the fashion industry, especially as it intersects with gaming. There are just tons of luxury brands making plays in this space. Dolce Gabbana, Balenciaga, Burberry, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, all these types of brands and fashion games like Covet have jointly generated over a billion dollars in revenue. I think innovation will come in how these brands create gaming and metaverse experiences. So there's a ton of opportunity in how brands connect the physical and digital. If you own a physical piece of clothing and have that be tied to ownership of the digital piece in the metaverse or in a game itself. And Griffin actually recently incubated our first company ever with this thesis. It's called Muse Collective. And I sit on the board and the team we built is creating a mobile fashion game. It's too early to give a detailed peek into the game itself, but it's one area I'm super excited about, especially as we announced a partnership recently with Revolve, which leads innovation in millennial and Gen Z fashion. How do you see, I guess, the evolution of women in gaming and how they are represented there? There is this common misperception that gamers are predominantly male, when if you actually look at the stats, it's something very close to 50-50, something like 52% male, 48% female. The way I see that evolving is we do need to be part of the change. Having more female investors who are deciding what companies get funded and backing female founders. Griffin has been very intentional about that. We specifically seek out female founders and co-founders. And that's one reason we incubated Muse as well, is we didn't see a team that was creating exactly what we wanted to. And the team at Muse is 80% female. So I think it's just doing our part in trying to create what we don't see in existence and backing great founders that we do. 
So gaming performed really well throughout the pandemic. Looking into 2023, how do you expect the gaming sector to perform overall through a potential downturn? There's a lot of variables at play here, but generally I would expect positive growth in 2023, though less than the, say, 7% we saw in 2021. There was contraction this year, but this was coming off a very robust 2020 and 2021 as the pandemic drove a lot of engagement in the industry. There will be some players that are more price sensitive, just given the macro picture in terms of spending on in-app purchases, but player count and engagement continue to grow through this time. I think players of scale have always had a huge benefit to use data to optimize their monetization, retention models, and I think they'll end up coming out further on top through the downturn. What other trends should we be on the lookout in 2023? And if you had to make one big prediction for the year, what would that be? I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but I think there are only so many scaled mobile players in the industry and it is a small world and banking is regulated, so I won't name them. But I would have just imagined continued consolidation there as buyers look to capitalize on discounts in the market. We asked OpenAI to pitch us a video game about Lion Tree. It said, as the leader of Lion Tree, a powerful investment firm, you must navigate the cutthroat world of high finance and make strategic deals to outmaneuver your rivals and rise to the top of the industry. Do you think that you could win this game? And do you think it could be better training than an MBA? I do personally think being in the workforce and getting that on the ground experience There are definitely advantages to getting an MBA. I didn't get an MBA. I think if you did, there's advantages there as well. As to whether I could personally win the game, it is a team effort. So I think the team at Lion Tree is amazing. And so I am just very happy to be surrounded by amazing colleagues who would be kind of like a banking simulation game similar to Overcooked, where you're actually working together with your friends and colleagues, which is a game that I enjoy much more than something like a competition game against your friends. So I do believe Lion Tree can win that game. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tune back in on January 17th to hear Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with public markets lead Leslie Mallon. Available everywhere podcasts are found.